You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith, and this is my conversation with Kate Vogel. The purpose of the conversation was to promote Kate's then-upcoming tour of Australia with Tyler Hilton, which occurred through December of 2017. Let's hear what Kate has to say. Here we go. I do host a podcast series, so welcome to the show. You are touring Australia in December with Tyler Hilton. Your Brisbane show is actually sold out, so unfortunately I can't get to it, but you do. it does mean that you do have plenty of fans in my part of the world. What can fans expect from the show? Yeah, I'm so excited. I cannot wait to see Australia. I've never been, and so it's going to be an incredible time. Um, the show is really fun. Tyler and I have been touring together for about two years now on and off, and Really, fans can expect just a super fun, casual hangout vibe. We are both really informal. We have a ton of fun. We play on each other's songs. We sing harmonies on each other's songs. So it's really interactive and kind of like a cool, just, you know, I don't know. It feels like a touring family, and we really try to bring that vibe on stage. And um, we're just really excited to meet our Australian fans. You know, we've met a few of them when they've been over here on holiday or you know, on uh, just trips for whatever. And people have been asking us to come down under for a long time. So we're super, super excited to meet everybody and uh, bring our music, you know, to you guys. We're, we're really pumped. Yeah, so good point about the Australian fans there because it's not just the Brisbane sh- show that's sold out. Most of the shows are actually already sold out. Have you received a lot of mail and social media interactions from Australian fans over the years? And were you were you aware of your following in Australia? You know, I knew that there was definitely a fan base there because I have definitely had people asking me to play shows there forever. And I've always wanted to go. It's been at the top of my bucket list forever. And I always wanted to play shows there. But, you know, it's hard to really know how the metrics are going to translate when people write you on social media or, you know, come up to you at a show in America and say, oh, you've got to come to Australia. You never really know until you book a tour and put tickets on sale if people are actually going to buy them and want to come. And so, yeah, it it was so incredible to have five or six shows booked and end up with nine shows because we had to add more because things sold out so fast. I mean, so grateful for that and and really just thankful to the fans. So... You are one of the very few entertainers in the business that is both a credible actress and a musician and performer. How have you balanced the acting and the music in a notorious industry known for its mistreatment of young people and especially young ladies? Yeah, you know, it's definitely a crazy business. I did not pick the easiest route being an actress and a musician, but um, I wouldn't trade it for the world. It can be an amazing business too. Um, for me, you know, it's all about finding great people um, to surround yourself with and finding a tribe of like-minded people, men or women, and, um, you know, just really creating a community for yourself. I think it's really important in this business. And um, the great thing about music and acting, the way I see it, is both of both of them are creative endeavors that involve being a storyteller. So, they really work nicely hand in hand for me. Um, I think it's awesome to have both things in my toolbox as things that I love to do because a lot of times if I'm at a loss for inspiration with my songwriting, it helps me to 
go to an audition and have fun playing with the character, you know, and vice versa. If, if I'm having a tough time with a script, I'll usually sit down on my piano. And so it's really cool. They're kind of symbiotic in that way. Yeah, cool. And so you're definitely a seasoned performer, no doubt about that. And your career started way back in the MySpace days, on, even on the MySpace label in the early 2000s. Did you think you'd be as well-received as what you have been? And do you think that you'd be here after a 15-odd-year career when you first started out? I had no idea. You know, it's crazy to think about the MySpace days and how they really got everything started for me. Um, that team was incredible, and it was such a cool platform um, back in the day and really did help launch my career. And I, I had no idea what I was getting into. You know, I always knew I wanted to make music and wanted to tour and play, you know, all over the world, but I had no idea, you know, where it was going to take me. So it's been really incredible to see how all the little pieces in your path really end up kind of working together to take you wherever it is you end up going, you know, and you don't see why things are going to make sense down the road in the moment, but now it's so cool to look back and think about, oh man, if I'd never met that person or I'd never went to that co-write or to that audition, you know, it's cool to see how everything kind of pieces together and, and takes you, you know, uh, where you need to go. So I'm, I'm grateful to have, you know, had so many of those cool opportunities. So of course you, you were on One Tree Hill and you are four albums and three EPs into your musical musical career. Is there anything that stands out that you're most proud of? No, that's a great question. I think the thing that I'm probably the most proud of is just the overall ability to be somebody who makes a living sharing art that I really believe in. Um, I'm really grateful for that, and I'm really proud that you know, sometimes as a female artist, it can be easy to get in a situation where people on your team want you to create music that really doesn't feel genuine or authentic to you. It can happen a lot to young women because there's a lot of pressure to make a certain type of record. And I'm really proud of the fact that I was able to to dodge any of that. I was able to work with people and work with labels and teams over the years who really believed in my unique vision. And I feel really lucky because I, you know, know that sometimes you don't have a choice, you know, and your label wants you to do something and you're trying to make everybody happy. And so you make this type of record, but eh, really it wasn't what you wanted. And so I'm really grateful that, you know, I was able to kind of deliver what it was that I really felt like I wanted to say from my authentic voice and that, you know, everyone I've worked with to this point has supported me in that and that my fans have received it and like related to it. That's just been the coolest. Yeah. And look, that that's a really important point there. So you talk about the pressure that you receive from outside forces, but how do you stand within your own truth when it feels like effectively I can imagine you, you you know you've got your, your key supporters around you but the label's telling you to go in this direction potentially management's telling you go, to go in this direction and you're looking at the landscape both musically or even uh, from the acting perspective you're thinking oh my god which direction do I actually choose did you just go hang on a sec I'm just going to go and do exactly what I feel like doing or did you have some 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 advice where you thought hang on a sec I hadn't thought of that let's go in this direction yeah, it's a good question. You know, I've always had a great support system. My parents are incredible friends and, 
you know, inspirations to me, um, my sister, my husband and my friends. And I think I just always felt really confident that, you know, if I was going to be creative, if I was going to be in this industry, that it was really important to remain an artist with integrity. And by that, I mean, just remain true to my voice and um, authentically, you know, what I wanted to say. And so I think, you know, there are a lot of opportunities that I probably turned down or missed over the years because of that. But there are a lot of opportunities that I got, you know, because of that as well. And so I think that it is really true that, yeah, when, when you're just authentically making art for its own sake and doing something and putting something out there that you believe in, um, hoping and working as hard as you can to make sure it finds the people who need to hear it or who can relate to it. I really believe eventually you end up finding those people and you end up finding success in whatever way, you know, you wanted to find it because, um, there's a lot of people in the world and everybody's different, but everybody loves music, you know? Um, so know that there's going to be a group of people out there who are going to, you know, really, really relate and understand. And so, it's awesome to have found it and to know that there are some of those people in Australia. It's really cool. <laughs> yeah, fantastic response. Thanks for that. And it does lead into my final question, which is that I have t- two young daughters and one is certainly showing early signs of an interest in music, acting and performing. What advice have you got for girls who are starting out and oh, are cool. bewildered by the array of choices? Would you say focus on music or acting first? You know, it's a great question. That's awesome that your daughters are excited about music and act. I think, you know, I, I don't think that you have to necessarily pick one at the outset. I think it's awesome to be a creative person and to feed that creativity in whatever ways they are, are pulled to feed it. You know, um, I got interested in the arts when I was a toddler and my dad and I used to paint every weekend. And then we started writing songs and I was little and I started playing guitar and then I was in acting class and I was in choir and I just couldn't get enough of it. And it was what I loved and they were all different manifestations of creativity, but it all really helped to sort of fuel my ability to figure out really where I wanted to land in the landscape of, you know, creative work. And so I would say if they love doing both of them equally, just, to go after it, you know, enroll in classes that they're interested in and see what sticks and don't be discouraged if you're confused about all the choices at first. It is kind of overwhelming, but just try stuff and see where it takes you and you'll know at a gut level, you know, what you're really responding to. And, um, and I think, you know, my other piece of advice for anybody, you know, starting out in, in the creative world is don't worry if not everybody gets what it is that you're doing because that is you're never going to make everybody happy, and it's totally okay. I used to be so afraid of that when I was little. And when I was, you know, even just when I was first starting out and getting signed, I wanted everybody to like my music and everybody to be a big fan. And it's like, it's totally okay if not everybody gets it. And it's okay to change and evolve and decide, well, maybe that's not who I am. Maybe this is. Um, That's all part of the process. So I would just encourage them to have fun. Have fun with it and go after it and, you know, just... um, don't don't worry if you hit some bumps in the road. It's it's all um, part of the process. Awesome advice. And look, on that note, thanks so much for the interview, Kate. It's been a pleasure. 
congratulations on a fantastic career again and good luck on your Australian tour. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on the podcast and we will see you guys next week. No worries. Thanks very much. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith and you are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast. That was my conversation with Kate Vergel. Thank you so much for listening.